Hi, I'm Jenny Bryson, and you are listening to Expanding Consciousness. Before we begin, I'd like to cover a few housekeeping items. Well, it's true that consciousness is expanding for everyone right now. If you can say from personal experience exactly what this feels like and exactly what this does for them, this podcast is an experiential journey complete with a travel agent, a guide, and many important and fascinating stops along the way. So buckle up and head out with me now. Yesterday, I had a conversation with Olivia Meyer from Berlin about our feelings toward AI, artificial intelligence. Both of us are quantum healers and both of us are artists. We've noticed recently AI creeping into more creative areas such as paintings, digital paintings. We've noticed AI writing books, creating courses. We wanted to talk a little bit about our feelings toward that and what we foresee in the future. So yesterday we had this conversation and I want to include portions of that here. But then afterward, I want to include some thoughts that I had today, which the impetus might have been our conversation yesterday. I have a greater understanding today of some feelings that I held strongly yesterday during our conversation. And I want to end this episode with those thoughts because I do believe that they are worth pondering. Yes. So I am Olivia Meyer. I'm Olivia Sayward Meyer. I go by Olivia Sayward on, on the web. I'm here today with Janie Bryson. We're both uh, quantum healers living on different sides of the ocean. And we got together to just talk a little bit about AI, our kind of first thoughts about it, maybe potentials that we see, and also just our creative processes and how that relates to uh, quantum healing and how these things kind of influence each other. So this was kind of sparked by a discussion that we had in a forum that we're both a part of, Quantum Healing Forum. My first thoughts about AI was kind of fear. I work as a graphic designer, or that's kind of my, my other job when I'm not doing quantum healing. When I first saw this like AI art, I was really, it kind of sparked some fear in me because I was like, okay, is this going to take away my job, my livelihood, or, you know, the, the jobs of my, my friends and colleagues. Then I, I downloaded some of the programs. I tried some of the things out. I mean, particularly a mid journey that people use to make AI generated art. And I realized it still couldn't really, it couldn't do a lot of things still. It still has a lot of issues with showing uh, humans, animals, plants properly, and it can't real. It can't think around the, you know, around the corner. Corner. I'm translating that like directly from German. If you said that in English, like it can't be spontaneous and organize information in certain ways. So, like the first couple hours that I started playing around with it, I realized that not my job is fine. <laughs> like, still got some time. You know, it may be a different story in a couple of years, but the initial reaction was kind of like it still can't. It can't replace you know the human the human touch our own personal ways of kind of organizing information and being able to relate it to other humans. 
although it was like very fun and I made like all these crazy uh star being crossovers with pyramids and ancient sites and old like art styles that I loved when I was a kid that part of it was fun but it wasn't it still didn't give me the satisfaction of having it made something with my hands and like it was still missing the physical movement you know it's sort of like because I was just typing in 10 words getting this crazy image but it left me with about the same amount of satisfaction as scrolling on Instagram does so it has some interesting possibilities, but at least after kind of those initial hours and, and days of looking at it, I realized that it's not going to take away our, you know, anyone's job too quickly. And there's still a lot of room to make it work, work for you right. in a way. Yeah. What was your initial? I guess the word fear is likely in play here, but when I think of it, I, I'm not afraid of it. I think that AI has been with us for a long time, longer than pro we probably realized. And I think it's incorporated in a lot of the activities we do in our daily life. But I also believe that if we had to look at different ideas as either left-brained or right-brained, I would say that AI has typically, up until now, been functioning in more of a left-brain capacity, more technical, more analytical. It hasn't ventured into the creativity. And in, in the last year, I've started to see so many different applications and softwares that allow people to create art and to write books. And now all over Instagram, all I see is use AI to write your training course in five hours and make millions. That angers me, which I suppose is fear, because people aren't receiving the nourishment that they receive from human-created ideas, whether it's art or literature or anything. I believe there's a form of nourishment in that. And I think that's why people crave it. I think the nourishment comes because when an artist or a writer or a human functioning in a creative capacity creates something, actually what they're doing is channeling ideas and imaginations from higher realms of consciousness and bringing them into the three-dimensional world as portals to share with others. So they can share this idea that they've retrieved from a higher level of consciousness. I believe that is what art is. I believe that's what art has been through the years. And when I say art, I'm referring to books as well, literature, film, mm -hmm. mu music, all of these ways of communicating artistic ideas, all of these mechanisms. Because it's if we look at it as nourishment, it's, it's essentially helping people to choose their probabilities, the probabilities that they want to manifest in their life. They're being influenced by this nourishment from creatives. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't believe AI has a consciousness, so to speak. I believe all the different components of it probably have a basic level of consciousness, but a grander overall consciousness, I do not believe AI has. I believe the only thing AI can do at this point when it comes to something creative is assimilate bits and pieces of creative ideas that have already been extracted from higher densities consciousness by human beings. It's an assimilation of bits and pieces. So it's kind of like, you know, a mix of music or 
if you look at, I know you've seen those murals that have one grand design, but the design is created by thousands and thousands of individual images. And it's kind of hard to walk through that kind of an image and experience it in the same way that you would if that initial image was, say, a photograph or an oil painting. In those, it's easier to, to walk into that reality or to walk into that consciousness, to retrieve from it what helps you grow, what nourishes you. I don't think you can do that with something that's created by AI. So then I start to think, okay, well, we have these, near, these pathways in our brains. This is a rudimentary illustration, but for, an, for analogy purposes, assume we have pathways in our brain that we use to access our creativity and our imagination, mm -hmm. and they need to remain open and they remain open with use. So if we stop using those pathways to retrieve ideas from all that is, and instead, we start relying on AI as a crutch for us. Will those pathways eventually atrophy? And if they do, then what's left? You know, what new can be brought into this world that we live in? Nothing, because it's just being recycled and you know, reassimilated from something that's already here. Mm -hmm. And so experiences then start to become more bland and life becomes more bland. Now, I was hoping today to hear some ideas that would change that for me, because that's, that's obviously not something that I want to see happen. It has ramped up in the last six months at incredible yeah. speeds, and it's not going to slow down. It's just going to keep going faster and faster. So, so what do we do? And is it really all that bad? There's, there's two things that I've, two positives that I've noticed just in my little bubble. One is what I do find interesting, like looking on, um, on discord where a lot of people are sharing the AI art is that there is a lot of like really beautiful kind of scenery of like integrated nature and architecture. So some people are using it in really interesting ways that kind of like where they're creating these these beautiful scenes that kind of even a little bit remind me of some of like the future earth quantum sessions mm -hmm. that I've experienced with people where they're like, they're telling me about being, you know, a couple hundred years in the future of earth and everything's integrated and, and being used more, you know, everything's more in balance with earth being treated with more respect. So in one, in one sense, I find it kind of encouraging to see that some people are creating these visions of like super green, beautiful, integrated cities using AI art that they wouldn't be able to get out on paper so quickly if they you know did it by pencil so that's one thing that right. I do kind of interesting like that ability to to really create a whole incredible world really quickly so that you can kind of I don't know I guess envision different yes. scenes, of the, scenes of the future like it's in some ways it seems to be like a really good future envisioning tool I don't really see a lot of people using it to recreate history scenes or something from the past like everything's quite future focused that I do find a little bit encouraging and then on like a very personal level playing around with it and noticing that kind of lack of satisfaction for me made me want to use my hands even more okay so it kind of almost like backfired in a way and inspired me to to want to do more workshops where we actually use our hands. And this has been like kind of a message that I've been getting a lot over the last six months, like roughly around the same time that like all this AI stuff has been happening is 
just from multiple sources, whether it has been in quantum sessions or guidance for, that I've received, is like, use your hands. Like the magic is in your hands. The power is in your hands. So seeing the, the AI and not having that kind of hand satisfaction has inspired me to want to cook more, to want to use my hands more, to... I've been, I've started painting my wall that's like in the other corner, but it's inspired me to, to start using my hands more on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, a counter reaction to seeing that speed. It's like, oh my gosh, I can create this whole world, this whole illustration within 60 seconds. It's leaving me empty. And so just within the last couple of weeks, like almost at the same time as, as playing and trying out the AI stuff, I've taken more concrete, like real world steps towards some of my creative hobbies that are very like hand specific. Like mm -hmm. I, I tattooed myself, I've made plans to tattoo other friends and I started a couple ferments. I've been drawing more, started painting. So I think that having that contrast, although it can go kind of down a darker route for some people, having mm -hmm. that contrast has actually been really helpful in a way to make it more more obvious how important the the like personal personal touch is. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I've not experimented with them. I haven't played with them. I just haven't done it. It's not that I'm opposed to it, although I really don't want the zaps on my phone. So I, maybe I am opposed to it from that standpoint. I see benefits to it. I really do, because in order for us to create our reality, we first have to have the vision. While we can come up with the vision on our own, using AI is a bit of a flame starter, maybe, just to get something started so that we can really sink into that vision of something that we want is really good. But then by the same token, that vision isn't really our own. Might have the components, but they're not. Does AI give you the ability to change the composition of things and I haven't delved like haven't delved super deep into how to use all the commands, but it mm -hmm. is lacking lacking like good composition and it still can't do things like make a perfect circle, for example. Okay. A lot of proportions are a little bit wonky and off. So even that aside, I don't know how it could ever be, I don't know how AI could ever have a right-brained ability because it's just a series of off and on. You know, I, I don't know, maybe that's beyond my understanding, but I would like to understand AI from a consciousness perspective. What is the consciousness of AI and, and how does it create and how is it inspired and can it be spontaneous and does it give us infinite possibilities with the output or is it finite? You know, all of these things I'd really like to know about it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think at least at the moment, it's really only a soup of what already is, you know? Mm -hmm, exactly. That's a good analogy. And, and that's always kind of been a thing that people have discussed around, around artificial intelligence. It's like, who's programming it? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a very diverse group of people who are doing a lot of that work, you know? In most cases, it's going to be mostly men between the ages of 20 and 50. They're kind of the ones who are gatekeeping what information goes in and out, which is a little bit of a, a scary situation. And they're likely all left brain thinkers. So what they're programming in comes from that source as well. Yeah. Hmm. But I also, I mean, they can't really prevent 
me from combining flowers and galaxies and unicorns and right right so right yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes because it has a lot of it, I mean I guess it's like with every technology you know there's a lot of a good a lot of good potentials right and then and then how does one recognize is it important for one to recognize before consuming you know some piece of information art or music or film is it important for them to know before they consume it or while they're consuming it that this is ai generated and it's not organic maybe not so much for a painting or something like that but what about when ai begins to make film and holographic films which are experienced as reality that you know that is the, to me the logical next step i don't know if you've seen you know videos of the the zoo and i can't remember if it's if it's in japan or exactly where it is but it has all holographic animals and so they don't have cages so as you're walking through the zoo these holographic animals are interacting with you and you feel like they're really animals walking around outside of their cages. So what happens when that starts to take hold? And then and then how do we know what experience is organic and real and what experience is crafted? Yeah, so. I mean I would almost wish for for like, you know, a little symbol or a sign that they could tell you, you know, oh this is right. This is AI, this is real. I find it's also it's so, I mean, it's not bothering me now as much now that I've kind of looked at it a little bit, but initially it was just like, it kind of fills you with this slight sense of despair, you know, because you have, you know, for example, on Instagram, you have this AI generated art that's been made maybe within 10 minutes. And then like someone posting this painting that they've been working on for months. And, <laughs> and I mean, that's already been a problem with Instagram and those channels anyways, is like putting, putting that kind of thing next to super fake things next to some advertisement. I mean, that's been kind of an issue ever since since the beginning or since like Instagram started changing. It started out as a platform for people to share their work and their art and their photos and their lives. And now it's this kind of thing just full of ads. And now all the AI stuff is coming into it and it just kind of leaves you with way too much information to consume. And it mm -hmm. was already already. But I think well, it can be generated so quickly that the amount of information that we have to sift through becomes even more overwhelming. And again, everything is happening faster and faster. And AI is self-learning too. So it will get better and better on its own and faster and faster, which leaves us, you know, we don't have AI processors. So we have to use our senses in order to process these things. And I, you know, I, I assume that it could get to the point of overwhelm. But the question that I have is, okay, what is available to us to prevent these, you know, these negative things that I've mentioned so that we can take advantage of it, of the positive of the benefits. How do we do that? I mean, the only way to, that's going to be possible is to do it on an, on, a, on an individual level. 
in the end, it's going to come down to parents and communities again to kind of take the reins and explain to the people around them what's fake and what isn't. Because all of this stuff is going to happen so quickly. There's no there's no time for anyone to be like, wait, guys, let's like, can we just like have a roundtable right. discussion and like figure some of this out before we continue? <laughs> you know, like that's not going to happen. Right. So the only option that we have is to have discussions about it and make sure that the people around us know what they're looking at and to learn to learn about it kind of almost as quick as we can too so we understand it some of my first thoughts were like you know our initial reaction was was fear and then I talked to friends and they were like it's better to just figure it out learn it learn how to work with it and move along with the times because it's here now and there's like there's no going back and I think the most important thing is just going to be to put be putting even more emphasis on real connection and real events and real creating and starting workshops and encouraging people to create things themselves and facilitating situations where people have that sense of satisfaction from creating something themselves. And right. And that keeps those pathways open so that they don't atrophy. I think that's a good point just to make sure that we don't lose touch with, with that part of creativity that comes from all that is rather than using the convenience of AI. Yeah, I think, I think to be honest, like if, you, if we can find a way to be making as much physically as we do virtually, then, then there can be some, some balance and benefit and enhancement to our lives from it. Right. But I'm sure that there will be people who are going to go into the deep end and spend all of their time creating in this one certain way. And in the end, it's just going to be an individual decision on how people want to express their creativity. And I think also having these kind of like extremely quick moving things see I don't know having everything speed up to this degree has also in a way shown me how important it is to take the little baby steps and to put in the physical work even if it's just you know writing a couple sentences or doing one drawing every day like even just doing that little amount of real world physical creation seeing it all come together and and grow over time and and evolve when you do those things, you are contributing to the greater good of the collective consciousness. When you put when you put a piece of yourself, whether it's into a sentence or into a drawing or into a meal or something that's creative, when you do that, you are adding something of benefit to, to the collective consciousness. So we have to maybe look at it from that perspective too, in that if we always just use AI, what is our contribution in the end? Mm. And, and why why are we here? Mm. One thing that is interesting, though, about, I guess, um, for example, there's, uh, there's the website Canva that a lot of people use to now do their social media. And so they don't have to go to a graphic designer anymore to create posts for Instagram or create PowerPoint presentations. There's a bunch of templates, super easy to use. And so it's actually made it a lot more possible for a lot of people to start their own businesses and projects because they don't have to go and pay a designer or an expert to do the work for them. And often that graphic designer doesn't want to do those kinds of like daily, daily kind of basic layout things anyways. So that in some ways has been a win-win for for a lot of people because just creating that software that made it easier for people to 
work with design without having to go, you know, through a certain system has definitely enabled a lot of people to start businesses themselves and leave their jobs and yeah, and be able to like present a a neat clean organized brand or whatever so yeah, it does and how would you how would you would you put canva in the same general definition as ai or do you see a separation because for some reason i see canva as a tool of creativity whereas i see ai and i i guess i need to maybe get a better definition of that but i see ai as more of a replacement for creativity I'm still figuring that one out, but I I was just kind of thinking like, okay, seeing Canva as a tool that is, has empowered a lot of different people to get their, you know, get their projects off the ground. Right. I'm almost seeing like, okay, well, maybe AI is actually the same thing because, I mean, obviously it's going to take some people's jobs, definitely, but maybe it is like the kind of tool in order to, to get things rolling or to, to empower more people or connect them with, with putting different concepts together that they maybe didn't think of before, or even just having like that right. of sense so of, maybe of, then of play. Because for me, it was definitely, I mean, the first couple hours that I played around with it, I was kind of like combining things from like 90s childhood aesthetics with like I don't know, like outer space exploration and 70s science fiction. And so even if it wasn't super satisfying, you know, it isn't work that I'm going to bring out into the world or pursue further. There was kind of like this sense of of play and kind of being able to to combine different things like Lisa Frank style <laughs> colors with I don't know, Chichen Itza in Mexico. Like, it's kind of like, a, you know, how DJs, you know, mix songs together. And right, right. Pieces of this and pieces of that. A DJ isn't creating anything new either, but they can still kind of, you know, I guess influence a group of people with a certain vibe or like kind of plant, plant a seed. or and how they put it together. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be AI as well then. Maybe its creativity is in how it assembles the pieces. I feel like it's more of like a remix, you know, it's like a remix software, at least at this stage. I mean, I don't know mm -hmm. what it's going to do in a couple of years, but at the moment it feels more like sampling, you know, sampling a little bit of this song and putting it over with this beat over here. And, and then if, I mean, if you look at music, people DJing and taking bits of songs and putting it together and creating something new that influences someone else to play techno beats on their saxophone, you know, like it kind of, right. it can like weave in and out of physical creation and then weave back in. I think there, there's definitely potential in both directions for it to be positive, for it to be a good tool. But in any case, it's going to be a huge change maker and there's definitely going to be negative sides to it but yeah there's also going to be positives and like I said with the some of like the people envisioning new earth even just looking at that is kind of a interesting adventure mm -hmm. you know maybe maybe AI is kind of like a spectrum or the effects of AI are like a spectrum and as long as we understand all of the parts of the spectrum 
you know, where the benefits are and where the downfalls are and where it, the extremely downfalls are. Maybe if we understand those areas, then we can, we can navigate it in a positive way. And at the same time, as you mentioned, keeping those hands-on experiences around every day, because yeah. if you don't, then that whole ability begins to go away. Yeah. One of my friends also said, I think she said something like, yeah, I mean, AI will take away some jobs. I mean, particularly in like the visual creative arts. But at the same time, someone who's not interested in doing that work isn't going to do it now just because AI is there. You know, they're still going to pay someone else to do it because they don't feel like doing it. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I could watch a plumbing, like how to do your plumbing video on on YouTube and figure it out and do it myself, but I just don't care. I'd rather just like, you know, have someone who knows how to do it, do it. Right. So I think that it'll be more a thing of like it being able to empower a lot more people to envision their ideas and kind of get the ball rolling, but isn't gonna, isn't gonna re- replace the need for designers and artists and painters and well, I think it's important that we not let it replace because I do believe that, you know, given time, because it is self-learning and it moves so fast that it could. But I also think that we have the ability to not let it as long as we understand what the effects are. Yeah. Very interesting. One of the, one thing that I find quite interesting too is like, or a, a question I have is like, how long is it going to be until some kind of software can actually identify smells, you know, mm. like smell and taste. There was something kind of motivating about seeing the seeing AI taking over like the whole visual area where I was like, well, you still can't replace smell, though. So now I'm just going to cook better food even more, you know. Right, <laughs> like, right. There's there's still that whole magical world of like smell and taste that is is still so human and real and can't can't yet be replaced by technology in any way even just the like the smell of in a way I guess in a way smell and taste has already been taken over by something artificial because of the artificial flavorings and the artificial scents Mm -hmm. and everything else and people and and I'm able to distinguish between something that's artificially flavored and something that's real flavored and I make a choice each time whether I want artificial or real so mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's how it will be for this for this you know creative avenue of AI yeah I mean just because there's artificial vanilla doesn't make me enjoy lilacs in springtime that have just been rained on less you know Mm -hmm. like exactly right this is the perspective I was hoping for from this phone call because um, I think it does leave the door open to the potential that it will improve things far more than it will take away our richness of living yeah I mean I even I mean one of the beautiful things about like offering like the quantum healing sessions too is sometimes sometimes when people have had future earth lives or they've just had a moment of being like an animal or a plant or something that gives them a sense of of freedom and hope and yeah just expansiveness Mm -hmm. I think even being able to play with some some kind of AI and like seeing or like trying to even create 
an imaginary world that you had when you were a kid and just being able to like type in the right combination of words and possibly being able to see that kind of come to life a little bit I think there's a there are definitely like seeds or moments of of empowerment in that and kind of being able to to get get some of those visions out in front of you really quickly Mm -hmm. and another way to do that too I suppose would be in a in a quantum session yeah I mean the thing also that you can't really I mean for me what has made the quantum session so incredibly huge is just the fact of the person experiencing certain emotions which you can't you can't make up you know you can't replicate that you can't make a fake emotion Mm -hmm. and it's really Mm -hmm. only through the emotions that we really save information or ideas or create visions and so creating images with AI isn't going to replace you know the emotions Mm -hmm. that's a good point and does a does AI have the ability to elicit emotion? And if it does, how do you control which emotion it elicits? Because that that would be the purpose of it, I would think, would be to allow you to experience those emotions which you want to experience for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. There's so much. I'd really like to talk about this with you again in, let's say, maybe six months and yeah. see what's transpired in just that short amount of time because it's hard to say yeah but for some reason at least today (laughs) at least today I don't I don't feel too worried about it I feel like yeah I feel like it will empower some people it will inspire others to move out of out of technology and more into getting their hands dirty and certain people will might get a little bit lost along the way but I think you know we also always learn through contrast you know you have to have a really terrible breakup and a broken heart to then possibly learn the lessons and be ready for for the next important person to show up in your life so maybe going going further with some of the AI stuff needs to happen in order for us to appreciate the the organic and the natural and the and that's a very good point human human made that is a very good point. Maybe we need to, like a pendulum, swing far to one side before we can come back again. Very good point. I like that. Well, I will maybe summarize this point in time for me. Opposite of you, I actually do have some fear of the potential. I think it would be really interesting again to see in six months if I still have that fear. Because I'll admit, from my viewpoint at this moment in time, the potential downfalls outweigh all these wonderful benefits. Will that pendulum swing back for me or will things happen? You know, I don't know. I hope so. Because I don't like this. I don't like this feeling. I would love to have everybody safely and comfortably and joyfully using every single tool possible to them for creativity. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Stay tuned. AI is creeping into everything these days. And it's done so really without our awareness of it. For example, every day on my iPhone, I receive a photo of the day. And this photo is not just random. It's obviously been curated in some fashion. Well, AI is responsible for that, for giving me that joy when I open up my iPhone for the first time. So 
artificial intelligence can enhance our daily lives and that can be positive. But inside me, there's something that keeps telling me to pause and take note, something of significance. And it's really become very uncomfortable. And I finally realized what it is. I, I think that we are at a juncture in time where AI could potentially be trying to transform itself into AC, artificial consciousness. I'm seeing signs of this outwardly. For example, now AI can create paintings or digital paintings. AI can write books. AI can write training courses. And these features are being used every day by common people like you and I. So I see that type of AI as more of a right-brained moving into more the right-brained region, whereas previously AI has functioned mainly in left-brain type activities. So now we see this crossover from left-brain activities to more right brain focused behaviors, which indicate consciousness. And I'm also seeing some what I considered in the past to be psychic viruses. But now I'm wondering if AC, artificial consciousness, has anything to do with this growing pandemic of psychic virus, which I'll get into a little bit later. I, I don't want to discuss that part of it now, but I've been seeing it in everyday physical life and I've been seeing it in my sessions. There is something that seems to be getting into the consciousness of people that is propagating some false beliefs. And those false beliefs are so deep-seated that they're even appearing in deeper layers of consciousness. So could artificial consciousness have something to do with this recent phenomena I've been noticing? I don't know, but it's very possible that the reason I have this nagging hesitation of AI, could it be that I sense it's trying to transform itself into AC? And if it does that, which I do believe that it's made great strides based on what I just mentioned, if that happens fully, what what is to come? What is next? And I believe that is a question worth pondering. I'd really like to hear your thoughts on this topic of AI and creativity, what you see for the future of AI. One of the questions I have is concerning a trend that I'm seeing on social media where posts use some form of an illustration of consciousness. I'm seeing these illustrations of consciousness appear to be created by AI. And why is this? Why, why is it necessary to create these illustrations of consciousness with AI? And another question I have is, how will we be able to distinguish AI-created works, whether they're visual art or books that we might read, from those originating from human consciousness? And is it important that we do so? And another question I have, is AI biased? And is this different from human bias? Part of our value fulfillment as humans is to create realities with our imagination and then bring them to life with creative works, whether it's painting or drawing or cooking or gardening. It could be anything in a creative nature. And we do this in order to share these experiences of created realities. How do these created realities differ between human and AI creations? 
And my greatest question of all is, does AI have consciousness? And what are the ramifications either way? That truly is my greatest question. So let me know your thoughts. You can reach me through my website at expandingconsciousness.info, expandingconsciousness.info. Thanks for listening today. Destination is beyond the veil. There are many ways to experience an expanded consciousness, and I provide several of them on my website as gifts to you. There you will find methods of going within, so to speak, including quantum coloring pages, guided meditations, and light entrainment videos. My website is designed to be a repository of learning, and I will continue to add tools to assist you in the worthwhile exploration of consciousness. These gifts from my website will propel you into lighter densities of consciousness. The more you use them, the more familiar these densities will be to you, and the easier it will be to return for experiences of healing and learning. Another way to actually experience an expanded consciousness is to schedule a guided quantum journeying experience with me. My goal is to propel you comfortably and safely into an understanding of the unknown so that you can quite successfully manifest perfect health and the joyful, fulfilling life you came here to live. For more information on the quantum journeying experience, Contact me, Quantum Guide, Janny Bryson, at my website, expandingconsciousness.info, expandingconsciousness.info.